Welcome in, gentlemen, to the X Rising Podcast. It's your boy, Max Simpson, joining you on a very happy Tuesday. I'm joined by a man who is very bad at sports, Mr. Owen Evans. How are we doing? What? <laughs> Owen, I don't know if you have a short memory, but we played a little foosball, fancy and you foosball. And collapsed. And you that. lost. Is you all were ahead right. by a long way, and then suddenly it was a game again. But you're you're saying that you lost, that I didn't collapse completely. It was very close, very close in the end. So you're saying you lost. I want to hear the words. Very oh. close. Okay, he, he knows what happened. I was, much as you tend to do on the table, knocking on the door. Mm, that... No. Okay. Anyway, he knows what happened. The viewer, you guys already know what happened, even if you weren't there. But appreciate you guys joining us today on a nice Tuesday. Um, to recap, a well, Owen, what would you describe that performance on uh, Friday night? Bad. Anything else? Bad. Um, it was bad. It was very bad. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, Rising's well, no loss to Las Vegas Lights was um, a toughie, uh, to say the least. You know, Owen, I know we were pretty animated during yeah. the post-game yep. show and kind of despondent at the same time. After having a bit more time to kind of digest everything, was the performance, has it gotten worse or it like stayed the same in your well, mind? it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad on the day. Yeah. It's bad now. It was. It is. It's bad. Yeah. It's it's as simple as that. Look, I I don't think there's anything really in terms of like was it better or worse. I just I think we immediately recognized what we were seeing in front of us and that it was not good. Yeah. And uh Juan said as much in the post game. We said as much on our post game show. We're gonna say as much today when yeah. we talk about it. I think it was just all around a pretty pitiful performance that did exacerbate some of the issues that we've seen already this season in phoenix rising we will delve into that a little bit mm-hmm. um but it was it was rough it was a really really rough game and yeah not not much else really to say about it i suppose until we get into the real details i mean i think uh the part that we i know we shout out a lot on friday and really it was hammered home a bit further throughout the show we kind of thought about it today it really seemed like it was the same trends and the same types of poor performances that we've been seeing from Rising. And I mean, I guess you're not finding new ways to lose or new ways to put in bad performances, but the fact that this team, for whatever reason, it seems to not get out of their own way at times from an attacking perspective, really just continues to rear its head. And there's an element of stubbornness in it at mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it comes from... We we know they're a big possession-based side. We know they're, they're not going to change. I'm not expecting them to change the underlying philosophy ever. I don't expect that at all. Um, and you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I get that. Uh, but it feels as though at times there are certain things that just aren't working and they persist with them. Um, I did think we saw an actual a bit of a change in this last game. The problem is that, that change really, really didn't work. Um, and should we should we start talking about that maybe a little bit? There's one of the things that went wrong. So let's talk a little bit about just the way that they set up, um, particularly the way that they set up on that left-hand side. Mm-hmm. Now, it was a little bit more fluid maybe than we've seen in the past. And yet, I think what it kind of led to in the end was an overcomplication of that left-hand side. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Maybe a little bit of confusion. I'm not sure entirely on that one, but it was... I think the easiest way to describe it is just overthinking. Um, 
I think it was an attempt to to do something that didn't really necessarily need fixing in that moment and that could have been approached in more of the way that Rising have approached things this season rather than what felt like at times a way perhaps to stuff certain players out on the field together. But as a result, it would have to be looking slightly differently in the way that they lined up while they were out there. Yeah, it's kind of the case of, right, you're trying to put your best 11 out there. And often, right, we think the best 11 is going to be the best 11 players who work the best together. Maybe not necessarily the best 11 in terms of call it like talent or skill or um, whatever that attribute is of like, hey, these are our most skilled players that ever you need to put people in the right positions to succeed and kind of what we're referring to, right? It's the fact that on the right hand side, the opposite side, you see a more a traditional setup, right? Of how Rising likes to use their wingbacks, how they like to utilize the outside. Eddie Majoma very much pushed out on the right side, creating that width. They tried to find him from time to time. The um, corner balls just weren't quite falling, but that was a standard like attacking approach. Like yep. nothing really out of the ordinary that Rising has seen. The left-hand side that you're referring to is something it was a bit um, – it was different, right? I mean, you have Danny Trejo as technically that guy who was out there, but instead of him going wide, you essentially had him playing off of Manuel Arteaga's shoulder to where you have him in the half space almost as in a dueling number 10 role and just not providing any – real width on that side so instead of keeping in the, some ways yes. yeah but can I, instead of keeping the the defense balanced with two wing backs going wide you really are saying we're only really going to play super wide on the right hand side and kind of just overload the middle midfield and that attacking half with too many people i think what well, one thing that kind of illustrates i think one of the issues that we saw um with the way that they set up on that left hand side is a really good example of it if you look at fede varela's touch map Mm. i mean if you compare it particularly for those of you watching now you can see this is his his touch map out on the left that is his uh, performance against hartford athletic they're going left to right in this okay so those cluster of touches they're all in the opposition half you look at the las vegas lights games that's that one on friday and you can see where those touches are they're all out wide for the most part he's having to go out and compensate going into a wider position and it's taking him out of those kind of half spaces that you'd expect him as a 10 to be operating in you'd expect him as someone who look we haven't necessarily seen too much of it this season we'll touch on that later in the show we are going to talk about it but federico varela you'd expect him to be someone who is creative creating chances kind of providing that little bit of a spark and to do that you have to be in different positions to what he was in in that las vegas lights game and yet in that lights game yeah everything is is wide he's taking up that space between the halfway line and the penalty area and between the edge of the penalty area line extended and the touch line Mm -hmm. That's not dangerous no. space for someone no. like that. Not at all. I mean, as a, as a number 10, you want to essentially extend the lines of the penalty box and you want to be within those those corners of the penalty box just extended outwards. Um, right. I mean, definitely got more distribution in the Hartford match, uh, you know, versus this last Friday night match against lights. But, um, you know, it's just something where you need to be able to put yourself in the best positions. And you even see the type of skill set player that he is when he has had his opportunities to thrive and take guys on. And, you know, it's been, we've even said, right, it's fleeting. He's a bit streaky at times. It's when he isn't necessarily going one-on-one 
against a defender, right? Where that typically happens when you're more on the outside where he found himself against lights. It really is when he's been within those half spaces, within, you know, linking up with the number nine or a fellow number 10 um, and getting in those areas. And it's just, you didn't see that much against lights. When you put yourself in a poor position, the, it leads to the poor touches. It leads to the bad positioning. And it's like, this it is why he is just so... Mm-hmm. inconsistent because he's not consistently getting in the right places yeah yeah but i think that's something that you can sum up with a lot of phoenix rising to be honest sure. um again this is big picture maybe more than just this last game um but i think there's been a lot of kind of roaming from positions to try and make things sure. happen on time in ways that have been counterproductive in the end mm-hmm. um now i will say this we're speaking about anything that was going wrong with that left hand side and the fact that ultimately i don't think they quite had it fully maybe they didn't have it fully planned for him maybe it just wasn't being executed correctly i don't know i don't know the specifics on that but i will say that we actually saw a lot of attacks go down that side didn't we quite a quite a bit you know in fact darn near the majority of those attacks going down the left-hand side right let's take a look at the passing thirds map right for those of you who are watching um, on youtube 49 on the left-hand side almost Okay. Almost, almost half of it. The remainder of that, you've got 30% going up the middle, 20% going up the other side. That's, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much right. 49. And maybe that's to be expected. You've got Danny Trejo over there. Maybe that is what you're expecting to sure. do. You're going to try and play through him. You want to get him involved in the play. So, of course, you're going to look over towards that kind of a side more. But what it is doing is it's creating issues because, again, it just feels as though it was relatively ineffective over there, and I'm not sure quite what they were trying to do with it. I mean, if you actually even look at it on microcosm against the, you know, when you compare it to the match against Orange County, right? I mean, that match, it was a lot more staggered, a bit more balanced, right? Rising, typically, they prefer to play on the outsides anyway. And you look at this match, 20% down the right-hand side. I mean, Eddie Manjoma, in our estimation, right, was coming off a man-of-the-match performance against Orange County. And then he's essentially, they're using his side only 20% of their attack. It just doesn't make sense. And again, they tried to find him. It's not like the chances weren't coming his way, but there is just that lack of crispness. They weren't really finding him feet. It was more so they would rather prioritize playing to Danny Trejo's feet and playing him within those prime positions, letting him take an attacker on versus when they put it on Eddie Manjoma's side, it's, hey, we're going to lump a ball over it. Hopefully you can run onto it, maybe put a cross in, but it just wasn't that balanced strategy that we've seen from other matches no it wasn't it wasn't and i i think it again just comes down to a little bit of overthinking Mm -hmm. a little bit of overthinking what exactly we're going to do with this game you're playing a team that are yes they've been tough to to beat however they've also been a team that aren't winning games Mm -hmm. and so you shouldn't be overthinking that kind of a game it should be relatively straightforward to go out there and find a couple of goals and yet they couldn't they couldn't. And I don't think the chance creation as a whole was there, to be honest. Yes, they hit the woodwork. But when you actually break down the numbers of the yeah. shots that they were taking, they can't keep things on target. They, yeah. they weren't threatening the goalkeeper. And what are you looking to do in those positions? Let's be honest. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I mean, even one of those uh, woodwork shots, right? I mean, that was from an absolutely just <laughs> yards and yards out, and that was we we were down on that end line. It was from the um, Vegas goalkeeper was essentially injured, not injured, whatever. He went down looking to get the referee's attention. Referee's not calling it, and then Rising puts in a shot from like what 30, 40 yards out, happens to hit off the woodwork as he's still yeah. on his seat. Yeah. yeah. 
<sighs> man, it's I, I think the thing that's right just exa- is exacerbating from this team is it's it's something where we I, I get it right. We addressed it on Friday where people are clamoring for hey get a number nine, hey get someone else in the half space, and like I get those things would help, but I think you just see from these different attacking third uh, maps, from where you see these touch maps, it's not these players that they don't have the players, and it's not even saying these players who are necessarily underperforming they don't have it within the repertoire. We're not saying that. We uh, we believe that on their day and when they can find consistency, they sure can. I think the issue is, is it's just incredibly inconsistent. And even if the team isn't going to have back-to-back bad results at times or even back-to-back bad performances as a whole, the attacking performances, there really has not been a clear line of cohesiveness from game to game to game. I will say that this team, broadly speaking, bounces back. They do. They don't have. They don't have two. Like as a whole, I'm talking like all phases of the match. They don't usually have two poor performances in a row. It is just though, right? That we have not seen. It's the lack of offensive crispness, and I think that's the difference of rising teams in the past, right? Where not only are they generating exorbitantly more shots and chances, but they, when they do, they are a bit more clinical and a bit more creative in what they're doing because they're getting better chances based off their work rate, based off their positioning, based off their passes. Whereas this rising team, a lot of it's really like, you're going to get maybe two to three clear chances a game. And that's just a matter of if you're able to finish or not. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to talk about about this last game specifically? Because talking about this last game is going to start to get me I know, yawn- I, I'm I know. yawning here. We're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're kind of already getting in that territory. It's getting, um, getting caught back up on that one. It's yeah, we, a bad memory, we I think. Are. Um, no, I, I think I'm pretty good, right? I think the just the, the last thing I'll say is, right, it's... It, it, it shows, and we said on Friday, that... There are performances that Rising has had this situation, this season, right? Whether it's playing man down against San Antonio, or other results where you're eking out performances, results where the performances have not matched, but you're able to get by, and you think, okay, there's a silver lining because they're man down, or it's against a good team, or whatever. You saw the same level of poor performance that you have had in in other types of matches. But there were no excuses. There was no man down. You were at home. You were at against uh, you know the the worst team in the West. Um, it's something where I, I the results unfortunately really match the performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I got on that one. But um, you know, I, I will say actually there was one other thing is there really isn't a poor performance when it comes to our friends at circle K, you know, our friends at circle K, they are never giving out bad performances. I mean, really it's just a straight up man of the match type contender. If you will circle K, they have all the best stuff, right? They have the iced coffees, good deals. You can Red tell Bulls, how excited monsters, he's getting like about that. this and how excited well, he is well, about these products. I mean, listen, listen, you I'll can be- see it last, radiating. Last week, me. They had their fuel day where people were saving 40 cents a gallon from 4 to 7 p.m. I fueled up. Producer Sean, you fueled um, up? Not only that. Yeah. Um, the people over at Circle K are yeah. so kind. Um, I was at the D-Bucks game on Saturday. Yeah. As people left, they were just handing out 10-cent gas cards. You get 10 cents Dude. off gas to all They were, they were handing out... Yes. Wait, they were handing some out at Rising as well. Mm-hmm. They were handing out these uh, very nice... Where is it? It's tucked under here. Yeah, ten cent gas cards there as well. Ten cent gas cards on their on their on their fuel. He doesn't have one. On the, yes, I do. It's in oh, my car. I was gonna say because I have an extra one, so you could have it. My but. guy on their on their fuel day, they literally were handing out packets of like here's like a free car wash because they now because yeah, they now I own clean free. Coupons from filling up on the way car, to the game. Oh, they own clean freak now, dude. They own clean freak. Yeah, they own clean freak. Yeah, no car wash. I didn't even know that. Boom, 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 boom. Dude, it's it's freaking awesome. But hey, if you guys want to catch in on the action again, if you haven't already done so, again, it's literally texting. 
PHNX to 31310 to get buy one, get one free Polar Pops. Really, like, it's it's a free it's a free text. They honestly are not the type of people to spam you either. They're good people. They're only sending out great offers, all free stuff. Gotta love it. Again, text PHNX 31310 for buy one, get one free Polar Pops. And while you're there, I'm not going to say, you know, that you have to get Four Peaks. If you don't want to make sure, of course, you're 21 years or old to enjoy Four Peaks. But you definitely should because we love our friends at Four Peaks. They got all the good stuff going on. You know, they got their Four Peaks, Four Seats promotion at the D-backs game. One lucky winner will get four seats to an upcoming D-backs game. You can check out to see if you want to enter in by going to at Four Peaks Brew on Instagram. They all have the really good types of beers. They were at our uh, golf event, like we mentioned, on Friday. They have the Tee Shot Lager. That's uh, really quite delicious. A nice green tea lager that sounds right, a little interesting. The only thing Crisp. better than a good Crisp. beer is a good beer for the situation you're in, like a good baseball beer, yeah. a good golf beer. So like the green tee shot yeah. at Dobson. It was it absolutely hits the spot too. Nice little like ne- neck beer, beer too. I mean, don't go wrong. I like cans, but every now and then I want to bottle it. Yeah, you want to be able to cook um, Yes, but we lo- love our friends at Four Peaks. Check them out at Four Peaks Brew and at Four Peaks Pub on Instagram. Keep up with everything going on. The latest and greatest from Arizona's hometown brewery. Again, you must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks. By the way, those of you who are going to our D-backs takeover, which is now sold out on Saturday, it will be pre-gaming at Four Peaks draft room. So shout out to our friends there. Producer Sean is gritting his teeth and shaking his head. I'm so upset because I uh, I'm going out of town. And yeah. this was I mean we've had some great some great takeovers, but I mean this is a, get a little batting practice, get a little of the pregame, and it's the Braves. It's gonna I'm, be a good time. It's a good time, and like as Thomas says in chat, maybe the goals are the friends we make along the way. Gotta love that. Um, people who have been making friends along the way is. There's been some scuttlebutt. Dare I say scuttlebutt? You know, on uh, you winsting at me like scuttlebutt, some foreign word. No, no, it isn't. You know, that's, that's gonna be a very American word. Oh my, I don't is I don't know. I I okay. I've never. I've heard, I know scuttlebutt. I wasn't taken aback by you taking that. You, it's not like a word you even like know, Owen. Okay, to be fair, it does, say, it does say North very, American. Huh, interesting. A very never, odd word. It's, it's a, one it's, I've heard, but, but I, it's, I, not, I, it's, I not, it's so North alien to my vocabulary. But it is a very, it is, so it's a very American word. And it's rarely used. Yeah, surely. even like, even here. I mean, yeah. he's the kind of guy who'd use yes, that. 100%. Let's be honest. I don't know that I've ever used. If anyone was going to use that word, it's Max. I'm going to be honest. I, I did watch a little Ted Lasso recently um, on some of the new episodes, and and uh, yeah, it did uh, it did come up in com- in uh, in conversation on the episode. But anyway, I stand by that as being mediocre this season. Oh, it's gone I, downhell. It's the most mediocre season. Wait, wait till uh, we're doing a G-rated like, episode later. People are, people are talking about yes. the whole, um, you know. <laughs> Thomas Revolutionary Oh, my God, it can't sure. come to an end. And I'm looking at the trajectory that it's no. on, and I'm thinking, this no, is, it, needs, is, is, it needs we're, to die we're, we're before try, it gets a lot worse. We're, we're, try, we're trying to bottle it. We don't want to give too much, because right, a couple of us in this room are going to be on our G-rated yeah. pod uh, later in the week uh, for, for, finale, for Ted Lasso for the season finale. You're not advertising this, Max. Why would we want to... <laughs> I'm about to say who wants oh, oh, to hear your views no, no, on television. I, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'll let you guys go off. I'm not going to go off and all I'll say is like I completely agree. The trajectory was like first season, heck yeah, second, third. It's, it's, an, intercon- it's an intercontinental ballistic missile. You need to blow it up Yo, in the air yeah. before it hits the ground yeah. and, and kills everybody within a five-mile radius. Like you need to just... And it's pretty obvious where this is heading, like how what the, what the finale tonight is going to be. It's been pretty obvious since like day one. Yeah, but I think after the, after the last episode, they made it super obvious what was going to happen. Yeah. Um yeah, but they are, have been very non-committal towards ending it. Yeah, so we'll see. They, they said it was going to be only three seasons, but here we are. Yeah, um, but they said that before they knew how big it was going to be. Think about this: that's the power of the, sh- the power, possibly that show is literally 
Set scuttlebutt, and here we are. But the scuttlebutt, the gossip, the rumor mill, the tipsy-turvy, whirly-durly of everything is there has been not just a little consternation, right, with, you know, some of the players, like we mentioned, Fede Varela, some guys who have just been a little inconsistent. But the question has been asked, and we have seen a fair bit of, uh, using it lightly, hot takes on the the Facebook, uh, the Facebook, um, for... It's not just Facebook. People are doing is, this on people are doing this on Twitter for, as well. It's for, in my Twitter yes, replies. For, for head coach Juan Guerra to not only receive, you know, more lion's share of the blame, but also had some calls for Rick Chance to be reinstated. <laughs> No. <laughs> Bring him back, baby. Bring him back. Uh, I'm no. just going to leave it. At no. Look, Rick did uh, some very good things yeah. with this team over many years, okay? Yeah. He had s several successes. Yeah. Those should be properly celebrated. He should be remembered for those. And the way that he helped transform this team into one of the bigger clubs in USL. Certainly. He shouldn't come back. No. And I he shouldn't be anywhere near this club, right? <laughs> we need to be honest about this. Yeah. Last year was a disaster. It was. Uh, you don't want to see that again at all. Um, worth noting that Juan and, and Rick at this point in the season, pretty similar kind of performance points yeah. wise. Not far off at all. Rick was actually slightly ahead, to be fair. Mm. To be fair. But while they won game number 12 under Rick, they then fell off a cliff and didn't win for quite some time thereafter. Yeah. The key thing we're going to know here, you've got to judge, to me here, you've got to judge one after the end of roughly that kind of spell sure. where Rick was, where things really started falling off completely. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's that's important to not judge Juan too early. I also think it needs to be said that if you were to, and this is now broadly speaking, I'm not talking about bringing Rick back because it's never going to happen, okay? It's just not going to happen. Yeah. There's no point in, in coming out with these kind of things because it's not going to happen, all right? It's just not going to happen. I'm going to I'm gonna say that now. For me, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, not a hard take. I think we need to be serious about how people are judging Juan at the moment. I think we need to be serious about how a, a particularly harsh judgment of him now impacts more broadly on the club and its reputation. It's worth noting that a lot of teams around the world, when they are quick to relieve managers of their duties, uh, it tends to become a pattern. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that there's a difference between what we saw last year where Rick had built this club in his image and it was entirely his for many, many years. And witnessing what we're seeing from Juan, which is trying to reinvent this club in some ways on the field. Yep. Now, if you were to pull the plug, even in a couple of months' time, I think that at that point, what you're doing is sending a message. I think you're sending a message to coaches around the league that, quite frankly, you're just not going to give them time to build no. anything. And the issue with that is it then draws you into this incredibly short-term thinking. Sure. Okay, you, you can't develop things. You can't, you will not be able to bring in a coach who wants to create a project mm. because they're not going to be given time to implement a project. That's the risk mm. of going far too early on a coach who's come in and is making such a big change. Now, do I think that this team has to make the playoffs this year? Yes, 100%. Yes. I do not see an excuse. 
at all. If you get to the end of the season and Rising's not in the playoffs and you want to call this season a failure, by all means, if you want to then use that to reflect on Juan Guerra's coaching position, by all means. Mm-hmm. I feel that judging him after 11 games into this season, over, when he is relatively new in the job, still hasn't yep. been here for a full year yet. Mm-hmm. See, and that's... Thomas, I disagree with you there with the even if we don't qualify for the playoffs, he should stay for another... Se- oh, you think he stays. Okay. I think that's slightly off. I will say this. It's not a secret that actually, if you, you know, you can hear from ownership sometimes, you'll hear things and it's playoffs isn't necessarily enough. Yeah. Is the goal for this year. Okay. They don't want to just, re- they don't want to just return back. Right. And with the hopes but of where they the want. Playoffs, there, there's a missing bigger, the bigger playoffs picture. Here. Missing bigger the playoffs picture. here, I think is a big thing because eight out of 12 teams make it. And I yeah, think if you're not in, one. if you're not in the eight out of 12 teams, you, that's a massive thing. You can't be with the bottom feeders of Vegas you're not in and the Orange third. County. You're not no, a no, bottom no. third team. Mm. And there's no excuse for the team to be a bottom third team, no matter what's going on, because they have, Back one. There are players of yes. note that have come across. Danny Trejo's not playing for peanuts. Come on. I mean, they like we 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 said during the offseason that regardless of how this team does on the on the pitch, that we want to see it made with with Juan's fingerprints all over it, within the personnel, within how they recruit, within how they play on the pitch. And you are seeing that. And I think what we have said in previous episodes of this pod is this does take time. And yet I think it's not just the fact this is, that's not a built in excuse to say, Hey, don't hold them accountable for the results on the field. You very much should. But I think that the bigger picture for everything, and this, I, I firmly stand by this. Maybe this is a stylistic thing. People might disagree with me. The way that Juan is looking to have this team play football. To me, it is a more sustainable model moving forward. It is something that you are able to bring younger players in moving forward. And I think it's something that ultimately, if it succeeds in how they're looking to play, it is more attractive for new players who are looking to come in. The old system, as successful as it had been at times, of very vertical direct, of let's purely use physicality and really just kind of off to the races. It wasn't fully that, but call it what Mm -hmm. it is. There was only a limit to how far that will go before teams could adjust. The league is maturing. Before teams mature and they wise up to it. This type of style, and I'm not saying this is some revolutionary thing that hasn't been done before, but this type of style where it is more possession-oriented, where it does rely more on passing out of the bag, on passing between levels, it takes time to implement, but my word, the payoff, if it's realized, far greater dividends. Yeah. Far greater difference. No, I would agree. I think, though, this is the key thing. Now, looking forward, I think there are... There's a couple of things, I think, that really do need rectifying, though, still. I think there needs to be serious consideration as to the creativity and the creative spark. We'll touch on at least one player who I think has disappointed us a little bit going... You know? Then they need to think about that seriously going forward. They also need to think very seriously about how they're going to adapt come the end of next month mm-hmm. when you potentially could be without Carlos Harvey and Kev Lambert for up to four games. Yeah. Um, and the main things I'm seeing there is a need for Juan to accept that there's a degree of a problem with those things mm-hmm. and for the board to then give him the backing that he needs mm-hmm. in order to resolve those problems. 
So it's a twofold problem it there. Is. It's not something that Juan can necessarily fix on his own at this point. Um, he does need to do so with the backing of the board. But Juan also needs to identify that there's a problem. Emi Quasio needs to be back. Show. I understand that. I would show. agree with it. I would, however, say always when you've lost someone for this length of time, be wary about what you're going to get back. You don't quite know. I do think, though, that this team, the bigger, the scarier problem still remains for me, the loss of Kev Lambert and Carlos Harvey for the Gold Cup. That oh, That Lord. is a big concern you're, for me. You're too... I wouldn't even say arguably. I really would be remiss. Other it's than maybe Rocco. Rocco. Other than maybe Rocco. Your, your most consistent players. Your top players. three players are most Rocco, players. Carlos Harvey, and Kev Lambert. Yep. And if you are without two of it's those three players, man. possibly for four games in a I... row, you, you're going to need help. Okay? I, I don't feel... And look, I, I'm... <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Carlos Anguiano, good, good enough player. I don't mind him being around this side. He's got very good technical ability. He does, however, and this is the concern, mm -hmm. not have the physicality, I think, that is needed when you take those two out. Mm -hmm. If you're going to turn to a guy like him, that's going to be a bit concerning. You're losing a bit of that bite. Sure. You turn to Jose Andres Hernandez. We've seen him on the park yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um. Again, I mean, these guys aren't bad, but it's just the caliber of the players that you're leaving. It's a now, very different footprint. Look, I I hear as well what Thomas is saying. It's crazy hearing him say we're not looking for loans. Um, I, I agree. I agree. Personally, I think that they should be looking for potential loan signings. CONCACAF one might be harder um, because the thing is that as Rising will be suffering a little bit for that, mm -hmm. so too are MLS teams who will lose... Yeah. potentially three to four, possibly even more players themselves. Yeah. And so those kind of depth guys who are the next guys just off the bench right, well, that you wouldn't, yeah. that may well come on loan. A guy like a Carlos Harvey yeah. are suddenly needed yeah. on the bench because they don't have any depth themselves yeah. then when you take a lot of those international players out. But I agree. I think it's something they need to take seriously. I think they do need to look at what, they are going to going to actually do um, over that spell because that's that's a real concern. Now, that's the one side of things. Have you got anything else to add on this? Whew. Um, I, I guess the one thing, and I know we, we keep on going, kind of, kind of dancing around it, right, is we, want, we keep on wanting to say he has time. I think there have been times this season where has the play, the play and the performances have accelerated have taken steps growing and yet it seems like there's been a bit of i don't want to say necessarily a stack of poor performances but one where there's not as much progression or at the very least the slope of the progression slope of the yeah if you're watching uh, slope of the progression is not as dramatically improved is that cause for concern is this kind of just you think the slip depth within the season, because that's something to me. If we were we were taking results early on the season of not good, not good, or not as great, but at least the performances were going. Now the last couple of matches, it's kind of been, if anything, if not flat, yeah, only kind of here. Though. You know what's interesting? If you'd have asked me this a few days ago, I'd have said that Rising in part was hampered by the injuries. I'd have said the injuries Rising has faced have been significant and it's mm. caused problems. Then I saw some data, actually, from John Morrissey, USL Tactics on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And Rising are pretty much middle of the pack for the number of players used so far mm. over the course of this season. So they, they're not the most affected by this at all. Um, 
I mean, it's it's possible, and it's possible John's saying here, there's always a chance they may have loaned up, lined up some people, sorry, with the uh, season ending other parts of the globe, contracts ending at the same time. So not looking might be accurate. That's true. That's yeah. true. I'd, I'd be very happy to see that. I think it would be, again, it satisfies the kind of things that I was saying about how they need to, A, accept there's uh, still some gaps there, and B, take the actual steps to address it. That's fine by me. I'm not saying these things have to be loan signings. You do whatever you want to do to get players yeah. in. Um, but look, I, I wonder though, and this is this is the other part to it, is, is the model at the moment is that we know what Juan's philosophy is. Has he quite nailed down exactly how to implement it at this point? That's the other question here, I'd yeah. say. And part of that is because you see guys like Carlos Harvey all of a sudden playing further up the field. Um, that's a change. In fact, in yeah. some ways, I'll say this, the Carlos Harvey playing further up the field, I wonder to a degree, and it's something, again, we we don't hear from Juan until tomorrow, now tomorrow morning when he's speaking at training. Mm. Is that a, a, an aim to get both Danny and... Uh, or, no, sorry, is that why we end up with the, the left and side being weird? Because he wants to have Fede out there, he wants to have Danny Trejo out there, and he wants to play Harvey in a more attack-minded role. Is that the compromise there? Because if it is, I'm not so sure that it's a good compromise. Yeah. Um, Carlos Harvey put in a, a very good shift when he was playing slightly deeper. I agree. I do wonder if playing in favor of the pitch is necessarily the answer, if it requires that same kind of tactical switch around. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it is, is the actual game planning at this point complete or does it still need tinkering mm. i think there's still little bits that are just off and yeah. i'm not sure if that's the players still need more time to adjust to it or if the plan isn't fully suited to them doesn't quite work around them i can't answer that one for you okay that's it but it but it's i think what we're seeing out there sure um again the philosophy is fine the philosophy the underlying principles that he abides Agreed. by the idea of wanting Agreed. to implement a possession-based style is fine they're just little bits that still need that little bit of tinkering little things Agreed. now one thing that we can talk about as well i think we on one thing that we've heard a lot about and we've we've spoken about it in in brief at times um is the one guy we were expecting from and we haven't seen what we were expecting from him is Federico Varela. Yeah. Now, Fede came in to a lot of, I'd say, pressure even. Yeah. You look at who he'd played for in the past, we got some glimpses at him, um, and we saw him in preseason. You guys didn't, obviously. I got to, you saw some. Mm -hmm. And he looked very good. And then it went downhill. And what we've seen in the regular season is individual moments of what we were promised and long spells of the opposite. Now, when you've got a guy who, and again, look, it wasn't just the, it wasn't just his resume. It wasn't just his preseason performances. You wanted to hear how he was being bigged up more broadly by the elements of the club. Okay, going into this season. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who was meant to be, to be honest, too good for this league. He's not showing that at the moment. Right. And that's a problem. 
That is a problem. He's got talent there. There's no question at all that he's got talent there. You this see, is you, not. You see it in spurts. I think, and we we say this we we every time we get to a point where we're singling out a player for criticism. We always, before we go on air, kind of have that sit down. We're chatting uh, out there on the uh, recliners out there about how we're going to phrase certain things. And we always kind of end up bringing up with, okay, how are we going to make it clear that we're not talking about this guy like he's Lamin Jaune? Because that was someone last season who we looked at yeah. and said, what's he doing here? What's he doing here? Now, Federico Morello is not that guy. He is so much more talented. He is suited for this level or above, but he is not playing like that right now. He is not playing that <laughs> Uh, Thomas in the chat there. <laughs> he does love that stuff. He does. I'll be fair. Um, but you're both It's it's just been a concern. I think again, it's it's those moments of he'll find that beautiful chipped kind of ball forward, and you look at that and think, oh, this is it. This is Fede. Yeah. And then he doesn't do anything then for a while. Yeah. And I, I mean, we we've. We showed you the touch map from the last game. I think that really summarized a lot of big problems there. Um, just didn't work. Um, and then I, I think you just look more broadly and maybe some of it is how as well he fits into the system and how the system works as well. And then when you actually look at the chances created, the chances created per 90, back into the field, thanks, Thomas. Um <laughs> Such that's very true a, such an underrated comment that's very true um <laughs> i do think there's an element though as well of the system is set up in such a way that it tends to create chances for wide players yeah more than it cre or create allows wide players to create more chances i should say when you actually break down the chances created by, by uh, per 90 numbers mm -hmm. you see that it's guys like gabby it's guys like uzo it's guys like eddie Joman. Yeah. those are the guys that are higher up there um it's guys like erickson gallardo who played wide in right. one game we saw and and guys who are playing down the middle are lower down that order and I think that's something we've actually said quite a bit as well, which is that this, the way they play tends to create chances from those wide areas mm -hmm. or on transitional moments. Mm -hmm. What it doesn't do is allow the team to slowly build up and then create chances. You don't see Rising typically knock the ball around 10 times around the edge of the penalty area, then right. get a good shot off. You don't. No. They don't seem to have much when they when they get it up there. And we were saying this in preseason. We were saying in preseason that this team, broadly speaking, does well in those transitional moments if they're playing with purpose in those moments. The balls that they're playing because they, they got the pace, they got the personnel for but it. But what they don't do is when they get it into the area, they're not going to get you the death by a thousand cuts kind of passing no. it around side to side up there. Now, is that? And, and this is a bigger question. Is that the system? Yeah. Or is it the personnel? Or is it a bit of both? It's probably a bit of both. Yeah. There, there'll is. be elements of both in there. I mean, it's obviously going to be easier to defend a team that is going to be patient and ponderous in its play because what you're going to do, you're going to sit back, you're going to try and take up space and take over those kind of lanes that they could use to actually try yeah. and work the ball through. You've got time to think. Um, defensively and time to organize which you don't have in those transitional moments um, but at the same time I haven't necessarily seen anyone 
really show any or well that, that's unfair that's unfair I, I was going to say that we haven't seen anyone show the kind of creative spark needed to unlock the opponent in those moments i think that's unfair we've seen it we just haven't seen it frequently there's no one that is consistently consistently <clears throat> doing that and that's partly i think that they're dropping back as well some yeah. of the forwards they're not but but it's, it's other reasons as well i think the very interesting thing about <clears throat> about the uh like the the system and how they score goals is ironically right the the club like we mentioned earlier is they've really have moved away from the old system of you know route one lump it over the top and i'm not saying that the goals they've scored have been that way but it's no secret if you look at the goals throughout this season a lot of them have been either against the run of play or creek transition or a combination of I would say realistically, probably five passes or less in uh, most situations, kind of, you know, agnostically thinking about it versus the slow patient buildup of let's, you know, have a nice 15 pass sequence around the box, try to find feed, maybe take a shot here and there. It is that they are looking to play incredibly direct, which is fascinating to me because as a whole goes against essentially the principles of one system. Now, I will say that's not me saying that the two can't coexist in the same way. That's not me saying that the players aren't following that system. It's just the fact that so often you see during a rising match, you know, for the possession when it's 60 plus percent, which it almost always is, and that they're kicking the ball around and they are in a way lulling the defense to sleep. And then, like we said, they have that ability to bang, we're going to spring one over the top or we're going to yep. hit on the counter. We're going to hit in transition. And I think when they have those moments, even if it's only once or twice a match, when those moments happen, it's it's very aesthetically it pleasing. It is. It's very effective and it's very clinical at a relatively high rate. But the very big caveat here is if they do not have that moment or they don't take that opportunity, you can more often than not bank that this team is not going to be or at least not have a ton of chances by those death to a thousand cuts playing around the back, which is almost where Juan is trying to find, it seems like he's trying to find the balance between how do I implement and how do I let the players go on with, hey, we can have the quick attacking system, we can have the more direct style of play in moments while sticking to the, the core base system of we want to be a possession dominant team. Yeah, I mean, you just look at some of the recent games, actually. Look at Orange County. How was the goal scored in that one, Max? I mean, yeah, flag long ball, long ball over the top from Renzel Zambrano to uh, the with a game, beautiful touch. game. How yeah. are the goals created in that game? Uh, which one? Hartford. At home. I mean, cross uh, comes in cro for the last one. Cor uh, yeah, cross cor comes in on the first one. Cor corner, corner comes in, takes it. Um, takes uh, uh, a Carlos Harvey in the final. Carlos Harvey takes it off there. Uh, one of them right. Uh, Manuel Artiaga. Yeah, comes from the corner. They do play it back, but then they whip a cross in. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even even going even Jose Andres Hernandez wins it, plays it. Even going to like the Loudon match, right? They, uh, you know, one of the goals they take it off of an opposing uh, throw-in, three-pass sequence in the goal. There was one goal in there, which I think was a little bit of a buildup, but it's not a ton of seven, eight, nine, ten plus passing there's, sequences. There's not a lot. There's not a lot that create good chances. No. Um, I'm looking at a lot here that are. Uh... Misses as well. It's giving but, me some weird but stuff. I, but I, yes. I, I get what yes, I get that if you, I get there could be an argument for personnel, especially when you make the case for Fetty Varela underperforming. 
I believe there also is, right? Like we're kind of mm -hmm. kind of the bigger picture of wrapping this like convo up is like, no, I know it is a, an, a, an era where a bit of it, it's going off of the system and that no, that we clearly see this team emphasizes the wingbacks. They en yep. emphasize the outside game. They emphasize the quick attackers. And that's why the guys who are either creating or getting the line share of the opportunities are going to be the wingbacks are going to be whoever the number nine is. Danny Trejo in some ways is kind of the tweener in between, but it's not as much no. of that central player. And when mm -hmm. it has been, it's less of a, hey, we are looking to you to finish or create this opportunity. And rather it's, hey, we're going to pass to you, but now you're looking to link it up into those players for them to move it forward. It's just a link up play. I also just realized it was confusing Loudon enough to get the goals. <laughs> it was actually the Loudon game was uh, uh, Hartford, sorry, with two of them were big breakaways, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. The Hartf the Loudon game was the one which, again, was a lot of crossing uh, yes. involved and or scoring relatively quickly after uh, winning the ball. Yeah. Um, this team doesn't possessable for long periods unless it turns into a cross yeah they don't score off of those they don't unlock no. you in those ways um that's the key thing here so yeah it's it's concerning i think for for phoenix rising that you're not quite unlocking teams in that kind of way i think it's something where they need to play sometimes they need to get out of their Ahead, I guess, want to say, right? Like, I get there's... There Please tell to, me this isn't going to a transition. There, there has to... No, there, whatever. There has, there, ha, there has to be a um, a freedom of, like, how you play. And I get you would need to stick to the system, and that pays dividends, but you have to be a bit free-flowing and really just kind of see whatever comes to you. Kind of relax a bit. And you know, a great way to relax is with our friends yeah, at OG's I knew that was coming. I, knew I that mean, man, our OG's, our friends at OG's brands, they got all the different ways to relax, to unwind, to kind of get out of that headspace, maybe find a new headspace to help yourself in, right? They have the fruits, which is the watermelon, red apple, the peach, lovely, lovely uh, mixed bag of fruits there in indica and sativa. They also have the creams, the blackberries and cream, the orange creamsicle, and of course, your friend of the pod, right? Uh, uh, Sean's friend of the pod, my friend of the pod, uh, Snoop Dogg loves the peaches and cream. You know, producer Sean nodding. And, you know, yes, of course, peaches and cream. They have that in the creams bag as well. And, you know, pink lemonade dropping on June 21st for their summer edition. You know, they dropped Pina Colada. I like getting caught in the rain. Uh, you know, they they did that last year, and now they're doing... Are you going to miss the launch of the new flavor? No, no, are you going to be overseas? Oh, I'll point? be back. You're going to be back oh, here. I, I texted my friends at OG's Brands Lang, and I'm like, hey, going to be gone for a little bit, but don't you worry, I will be back Wednesday the 21st. So you will be back I'll on be that back. day. Oh, I'll be back. Okay, so you're not going to get ar arrested for taking them overseas. Well, I will not I will not get arrested. Good job. Well for, done. For, for well going done. overseas. Enjoy them here in Arizona. Don't take them overseas. And yes, you can only enjoy them in Arizona because they're Arizona's scratch-made gummies. You can find them at your local dispensary at ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z-Brands.com. To find them at a local dispensary near you. Again, you must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly. Something else you got to be... How long are you going to spend, by the way, before you leave, like digging through your bag to just make sure there are no remnants of any in there? I was actually looking. I feel like you might do was, this for a I while. I was actually. Because he's going to a place where they don't mess around. 
I was looking at my travel bag yesterday and I did find um, our friends at our friends at OGs. They um, gave they when we first started the partnership, they gave us like a couple like, um, I don't know, like souvenirs, like some cup holder and stuff like that. And one of the things they gave us was like um, a way to, I guess, like store your like edibles or whatever is like a little tin, right? Mm-hmm. Like a little like tin that says OGs in there. It Very doesn't nice. say they're like, there's no indication that it's like it's like cannabis or anything like that. But I just found this in my bag and I looked, I swear, I opened this tin like two or three times. I'm like, is there anything in here? Is there anything in here? No, there is not anything in here, but um, get it in you if you want some OGs. You're going to make sure you use them up before you leave it. Of course, absolutely. You know, you can also get in you is Valley Tap Room. Valley Tap Mm. Room, they have uh, many different beverages, lovely things to indulge in, right? They have a slushing machine with changing rotating flavors with wine-based liqueur, uh, liquor, if you will. They have a wine whoa, cooler. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You never told me they had wine slushies. Oh. They have wine slushies? Yes. Buddy, I've been, I have been saying what you I, I guess I haven't been listening to you. I guess I, I'm probably like, oh, when I tend to tune out your... Everything you say. No, I'm kidding. But um, I didn't know. I didn't know that they He's had. Like uh, me. He tunes out when you read some of the ads. <laughs> oh, wait, that's Owen no, apparently so just tuned me out because I said that he. I am here. like Owen, and I tune you out. Um, I'll let you get back to your ad. I just had no idea they had wine slushies, that's and right. I love a good wine slush. They do. They have great wine. They have great wine slushies. They have live music every week. Seemingly a great wine cooler for over a hundred different varieties. Honestly, the fridges. It's a good place. Valley it's a good time. Really good nice time. place. Tap, they have a they have trivia there. actually that just started 20 minutes ago every Tuesday. Gotta love it. Very good time. You guys can check them out at Valley Tap Room on Instagram and then check them out in person off the 202 in Gilbert. They got all kinds of good stuff. Again, whenever. Hopefully at some point. Any we'll, Tuesday we'll that a, we're uh, able to usually make it, we try to get out there. Let y'all know. Hopefully at us. some point we're going to get out get you out there for a game in a way game. Yes. Hopefully at some point. No, like I said, keep keep tuned during the summer. I do need to dial it in with our friends out there, but we will be hosting at least one away watch party, if not multiple. Nice little spot for it too. It is, it is. Lots to drink, including that. Well, if they've still got it. Remember we had that Danny Trejo beer at that one point. Machete. Mm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Just uh, in case he scores. Just want to make crack a clear, one open. Just to clarify, it's not Danny Trejo the player. It's uh, you know, Danny Trejo the actor. It's close enough. It's just close just enough. For legal sakes. Uh, but yes, check them out. Valid Tap Room. Must be 20 years or jo- one years or older to enjoy responsibly. But you know, you don't have to be 21 years or old to enjoy responsibly. Is the other matches going on during the USL Championship this week? Mr. Owen, in your dulcet tone, would you mind ringing off a couple of the highlights? Uh, no, I was just going to read them all off. Oh. So we'll oh. start with Friday, oh. May 26th. Yeah. Half Athletic 1, Sacramento Republic 4. Yeah. Saturday, May the 27th. Detroit City FC 1, Birmingham Legion 0. India 11 0. Louisville City 1. Barely squeaked by. Miami FC 0. Orange County 0. Both bad. Tampa Bay Rowdies 2. Colorado Springs Switchbacks 1. Yep. LGV 0. Charleston Battery 2. Battered. San Antonio 2. New Mexico 1. Those guys. Oakland Roots 2, San Diego Loyal 0. And on Sunday, May 28th, Loudoun United 0, Pittsburgh Riverhounds 1. Loudoun was pretty quiet. <laughs> Why is he saying these things? <laughs> right. Let's talk about the fact that Detroit City got a result against Birmingham Legion. That's crazy. How concerned are you of your Birmingham Legion right now, right? They are doing great in the Open Not Cup. Sure, right. good for them. And yet they have lost their last one. Two, three, four, five 
league matches. I'm not five I'm not league matches lost this, in a row. This league prior to that. This league, they win two games. Yes, they beat Hartford. They yeah. beat Orange County. Two very bad teams. Sure. Before that, they lose to Loudon, and they lose to Phoenix Rising, and they lose to Tampa Bay Rowdies. Sure. So if you add all of that up. In their last 10 league games, uh-huh. they have won two matches. Yeah. They have lost eight not matches not great, guys. of their last 10. Not they great. have lost eight of 10 in the league. That is atrocious. You know? This was a team that we thought were going to be very good. They started the season very well. And there was all the talk about how, you know, they normally have that late bounce, but this year it seemed to be earlier, earlier than normal. Nope. No? Nope. This, uh, this league... This season. Actually, hang on a minute. Drunk. Hang on a minute. Sorry. Uh, yeah, miscalcul- Tam- they actually, yeah, Classic, miscalculation. miscalculation. Well, no, yeah, they've this- won three of their last ten. Classic bowling and Owen, as we say. No, it's... But that's uh, still th- bad. Th- that's th- very bad. Yes, it's still very bad. This this league is drunk. Way too much four peaks for them. Um, yeah, I mean, Birmingham Legion, they're incredibly topsy-turvy, right? I mean, this is kind of the... I'm not saying it's good to get bounced in the Open Cup, not by any means, but like this is now what you have to deal with. You're a team who's having very difficult, very difficult time finding your form in the league, and now you have to contend with Open Cup. And at this point, it's I not mean, good on it's not good on depth. And they didn't have go. depth. They didn't have depth. We saw that when Phoenix Rising went there. They didn't have depth. Be very careful with that. That was me pushing, all the pushing the chips and the t- It's an empty. It's empty. It's empty. Good. Good. Um, yeah. All right, Max. Um, <laughs> but you've you've got to think about this one in terms of just. I, I mean, it's it's not good, is it? It's not good for them. No. They don't have the depth, I think, to compete in the cup and the league at the same time. Certainly. We saw they didn't have the depth. They were playing against Phoenix Rising. They weren't. Re- I don't think they named a full bench in that game. Oh, they. I mean, well, also it was on. Uh, it was on Easter, if I remember correctly. I think they only. There was only like five sub, five or six. I was very very light. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that's the big problem for them. But yeah, they're in they're in a mess right now, and I would not want to be there. Um, I mean, they, there's a there's a balance I'd say between people say you want to succeed in the Open Cup, and I believe that is true. I believe you should want to succeed in the Open Cup. I would say that the way that they're doing it right now is definitely hampering them, and I think that they it may be for the better if they lose in the next match mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Pittsburgh are doing it the opposite way. Pittsburgh seems to be doing fine, despite the fact that they're still going in the Open Cup. Pittsburgh haven't had that drop-off. Yeah. So, hmm. I, I mean, maybe, maybe it starts this weekend. Uh, you don't look convinced. I'm not fully convinced. Uh, the chat, I, I'm sure, seen, won't be fully convinced. We've seen weirder things. We've we seen, have we've seen, seen weirder very things. much weirder we've things. Seen, we saw San Antonio go to Detroit and lose. So, weirder things have happened. Detroit. They're picking it up. Aye, aye, aye. They're picking it up. Yeah. They beat San Antonio. They beat Birmingham Legion now. It's true. It's true. Yes, yes, yes. Two wins in a row. Hmm. Maybe they're back. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know about that. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily go that uh, far I'm either. Not I'm not, Tampa I'm Bay I'm Rowdies. Can we talk about Tampa Bay Rowdies as the form team of the league? Dear gosh. Yeah. And to be fair, though, so are Pittsburgh, they are which is part of the concern. Topsy-turvy. Um, two teams, very good form teams at the moment. Go figure. They were, they were, they were off to a very poor start. Yeah, Tampa was struggling. We were talking about Tampa as are they the Phoenix Rising of this year? Yeah. Clearly not. They've stepped it up. Um, one other game tomorrow now as well. Should point that one out. Monterey Bay playing FC Tulsa at seven. One nice time. bit of West Coast action. One more time. Monterey Bay against FC Tulsa tomorrow, seven p.m. Mm. Yeah. 
Like Monterey on that one. Take it, Monterey. <clears throat> Tulsa have been interesting. Mm. They're very much a. I mean, they're they're not winning many games. They've won two, drawn six, lost four. Mm. They're on twelve points. Mm. That's got them in the playoffs in the East because it's the East. Yeah, that would have you in tenth in mm. the West. But um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll mm. see. Monterey Bay, thirteen points. Not that much in it. That's fair. Not that much in it. We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Well, it's uh, going to be a certain week of matches, but uh, I mean, listen, we got a big one ahead this weekend. Pittsburgh. Talk about it on Thursday. Pittsburgh. We talk about it on Thursday at 6 p.m. Uh, and then I hear you're not going to be here on Saturday. I will not be here on Saturday. Friday. I leave Friday. Be, yeah. You guys are. You guys are. You're, you're getting a break a from Adman. Oh, you're like, oh, it's like getting a break. It's not the right way to phrase it. You're getting a break you're from gonna, Adman. You're gonna miss out on the. You're sort of miss out on the uh, opportunities. Respites. All right. Anyway, let's let's get the hell out of here. Uh, appreciate everyone joining us. You can follow us as always at on Twitter. Phnx underscore underscore rising. Because double the underscore. I'm not gonna say it after that last game. Still okay, yeah, fair. All right, well, fair. Uh, double the underscore. Maybe double. our Thursday will be back to it. Fair enough. Again, at phnx underscore underscore rising. Follow Owen on Twitter at oj evans eighteen. You can follow me on Twitter at max david simpson. You can follow Sean the peacemaker to pause at sean underscore to pause he's resurrecting an old nickname that I, we were talking about before ramon but, gave him uh, the it, it's, a ni- it's a nice nickname sean said that is the uh, the nicest nickname he's it is it is seen. my favorite nickname i've ever gotten yeah. not like i have a whole lot of them but the other ones i have are are the only other real nickname i've gotten from someone that's not my family is um from pd he calls me dp yeah um which depending on who you ask has different meanings so. <laughs> yes it does I'm yes. all right moving on yes mm-hmm. it does yes follow us on those different handles and remember one beautiful game it's beautiful but not as beautiful as trying Mind to find you, one, your one, one more question what? one more no, question no. I signed off with i'm that. gonna ruin it for no. you I'm ruining your signed off sorry no no who are you taking in the Europa League final tomorrow? Ooh, actually, that's a fair... What? No! No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're scrolling past that last comment. No one, no one asked this Sam's person. Sam's saying, yeah, you all need is. a break from Adman. Don't know who that is. Couldn't. Yeah. Uh, some person must have found our stream. I certainly don't know her. Uh, certainly not dating that woman. Anyway, uh, I would say go with Roma. Um, Joe Zamer, what the actual hell? Hang Joe's on a minute. <laughs> he's, he's, they can't even see it, Max. I don't like moment. it. Joe's uh, playing around Joe's saying, I'm going to end this stream before he does it. Joe Zamer, no, you are not. Jose Mourinho does not lose UEFA comp competition. Here's the thing, though. Jose Mourinho has not lost a UEFA final. Sevilla has never lost a Europa League final. One of them has to give. I'm picking Roma, which apparently is the dogs, right? Who are you picking? Yeah, but they're marginal. doesn't matter. It's like plus 175 to plus one. Most people that I've talked to have overwhelmingly said Sevilla. Like, this is is good because if it's a toss-up, and Max is choosing one, you are almost guaranteed to make money by betting on the other one. That's true. Like That's I, true. I am, I am. So, so quick, a quick aside. Jacob earlier today, I asked him to give me a, a couple predictions for home run hitters sure, for sure. the D backs. He yeah. gave me two: Catal yeah. Marte, yeah. Evan Longoria. They both hit home runs in the first inning of this game. That's amazing. So now I have a bunch of extra money. Sean, who I'm are you taking? Take all of the winnings and put it on Sevilla if he's taking. You're putting it on Sevilla if he's taking Roma. He's yeah. going Sevilla. You know what I'm gonna say. It's going beyond ninety minutes. I hate, okay, so you, so actually, so but that it, is a bet. That if, is if, a if bet. You're, if you're betting on BetMGM, which of course if you're betting, we're all using BetMGM, um, then you're gonna pick the draw. Yeah, I'll pick the draw. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Well, 
Do you, to, do you want to send the Discord? You know why? You know why? Because I think Roma will take a lead and then they'll play Jose Mourinho classic park the bus, but eventually it'll be broken through. That's fair. That's fair. I will take I will pick Roma to ultimately win, but I I would not be surprised if it goes into uh extra era uh, in extra time. But I'm still picking Roma. We'll put the bet to, on. We'll it. have to see. Put on we'll BetMGM. Don't worry. How. Join us in the Discord. I'll be putting it in there. Don't yeah. worry. I'll put it on Twitter. Again, at Max David Simpson. Follow me there. And yeah, disregarding that last call. Remember, kids, the we all <laughs> need a break from Adman. No, no, no. The beautiful. Yeah, we all need a break. No, no, no. From no the be the beautiful game is beautiful, but not as much as trying to find your form. We will catch you on Thursday. See you then.